Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us on Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven and a half year old named Naomi. She's in second grade. And I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource for dads. My goal is to just help us grow as parents, partners, and people. And I trust that we're doing that for you. It's been, you know, nine months or so on this journey, and it's been a lot of fun. We've talked to a lot of great people. And and my goal, again, is just to help us get better. And each week, we do two podcast episodes. The one you're listening to right now is our more traditional podcast. This is where I interview a expert about something that we should be thinking about and talking about. And then every Thursday, I do one of our dead talk episodes. Then the other thing that's awesome about this particular episode is our Monday episode is that Naomi, my seven and a half year old, comes on at the very end with the kid's corner just to talk with you about whatever she wants to talk about. So you'll definitely want to stick around for that. You know, I started this as a resource for dads earlier this year because when I found out that I was going to be one, you know, eight years ago, I went out looking for resources. And quite frankly, there just weren't a lot for dads. There just was there's not a lot out there. Most of the stuff in the parenting world is for mom. And and so the idea of Positively Dad came around at that time, and finally, we kicked it off. And I want to thank everyone who's been listening, and maybe you're following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Positively Dad, and we love interacting and connecting with you. You know, as we talk about social media, I mean, that's something that when we were kids, we didn't have to think about that. That didn't exist. I got my first cell phone. I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school, and not even many people had them then where now I've read recently that something like 50% of all children, regardless of age, have an electronic device, believe it or not, a cell phone. And so the environment's changed. The way we parents change. And now one of the big debates that we have for parents of all ages is that screen time debate. Just how much time should kids spend in front of screens, whether they're, they're babies, they're toddlers, they're school-age kids, middle-grade kids, high school kids, and so on. How much time should kids be in front of screens and using technology and what's safe for them to do and what do we need to be paying attention to and when can they be on social media? And I mean, there's, the bait is out there and it's a new one. No generation of parents has ever dealt with this particular debate before. And if you talk to 200 different people, you get 200 different answers. Well, I'm after what's the best thing we can do as parents and how can we grow and get better? And that's when I came across a book called The Art of Screen Time. It's by Anya Kamenetz. She is a reporter with NPR focusing on education. And uh, she wrote this book. And I'm telling you, this book is, is, in my opinion, the model to go through. Because she says, let's get out of the fear. Let's get out of the hearsay, the myths, and go in and really look at the things that the research says we should be paying attention to as parents. You know, what's most, is it, is it about the amount of time they spend online? Is it about what they're doing on their screens? Is there certain times we should and should it? There's a lot of stuff to look at. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And then Anya was so nice that next week she's going to be back and we're going to look at parents and screens. But what do we need to be thinking about as the grown-ups here as far as our personal relationship with our electronic devices? And what are we teaching our kids through that? So that's what we'll do next week. And you'll want to Make sure you tune in for that. This week, it's about our kids and screens. So let's jump in and have the conversation. Anya, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. 
Thanks for having me, James. Hey, it's my pleasure. And your book is so good. So I'm going to tell every parent right now to go out and get it. So that'll make you happy. It's called, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's called The Art of Screen Time. And, you know, as a parent of a second grader, this is a big thing for us. And, and as I read your book, I went, this even becomes a bigger thing as they get older. And as you dive into it, the first thing that stood out to me is there are a lot of myths out there about screen time. And you really jumped into some of those. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think even more than myths, I would say are kind of like scare stories because this is really new. And also we're all in this media environment where the media is trying to get you to feel certain ways about things. And and a lot of times with parents, that feeling is anxiety. So I think the myths are that, you know, it's going to automatically turn your kid's brain to mush, that good parents' job is to always say no. You know, there's a lot of fears about whether uh, certain types of content, like violent content, is going to have a direct effect on your child's psyche or personality as they grow up. So those are a couple of the myths that I deal with. Yeah. I mean, you really went and did a lot of research. So as you're reading the book, you're going to, people will see the, the length at which you dove in to figure out what's accurate and what's not. And the truth is, there's still some uncertainty in a lot of things. Oh, there's there's a lot, there's a vast amount of uncertainty. And I think the the good researchers will be the first ones to tell you that because they want more uh, more research and more funding. I mean, one thing I mentioned in the book is that the last federally funded major study of children and media took place in 1982. Okay, well, and, we've had some changes in technology since <laughs> then. Just a couple, just a couple. <laughs> and so as we're surrounded by this environment, one thing that really strikes me is that the platforms like the YouTubes, the iPhone, the Apple, those companies know a lot more about what your kids are doing than we in the public know. And we don't even really know how much time per day the average kid is spending because the surveys that we do don't capture all the nuances of, you know, are they multitasking? Do they have music on and TV on or texting? And then mom's on the phone too. So the whole media environment, which the devices have that information on them because they're tracking it, but you as a consumer and as a parent do not. Yeah, I imagine in most of these studies were self-reporting. And so, um, you know, who knows if it's accurate or not. So let's jump into some of the things. And, and I want to start with kids. Today's episode is going to be about kids. And I want to start there. And I appreciate what you said, that it's really, you can use, we can use food and mealtime as a parallel to screens. And you kind of use that as an analogy. Can you walk us through that? Absolutely. So uh, one basic point there is you can't ban it. You're not going to be able to get away with kind of a, a totally screen-free environment just because that's not the world that we live in. Certainly everything in moderation, it's a good idea to take breaks. I think when you're thinking about raising a healthy eater, you know, you want to have a positive family culture around it. But I boil it all down to one simple slogan, and I base it on Michael Pollan's food rules. And he says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. <laughs> and I say, enjoy screens, not too much, and mostly together. Well, let's talk about that. Let's chunk it down in those three pieces and talk enjoy screens. Mm-hmm. And um, they're, they're all over the place. I'm using one right now in our conversation. Mm-hmm. You are too. I've got my phone next to me. I mean, th- this, is, this is how it works. So they're around, we, we might as well utilize them and enjoy them. Well, and I think that the point here is we want to model all of the positive uses of screens um, because we believe that the positive will drive out the negative. So if you think about the uses of screens, there's creation, there's connection, and there's discovery. 
So uh, creation is really important. I think what you and I are doing right now, using it to you know make something, that's something that really we see that kids do not do enough of. Um, in fact, there was just a survey that came out just this week from Common Sense Media showed that only 3% of teenagers' time with media is actually spent doing art, making music, drawing, making videos, that type of thing. So we really need to model that for our kids because most of us use technology in our work and we'd like our kids to do that as well. The connection part is kind of the easiest in a way. We want to make sure that we're using technology to stay close as a family, um, that we're modeling kind of positive ways of interacting online, whether that's with family friends or even, even with a more general public in a safe way. And then discovery is really about learning. So we really want to think about how do we show for our kids that the, the internet can be a place to satisfy curiosity and to follow your interests and your passions, again, with good techniques for, for using it for research and understanding, you know, what's a good source and what's a bad source. Well, what a great example to what programs and apps do you have available for your kids to go and, and do art, like you said. Uh, connecting with family. My sister lives in LA. We did a video call for like a half hour with her on mm-hmm. Sunday. That was so fun, right? To be able to go and do that. And then discovery, you, you're sitting and you're in car line and you're talking about you know, something you learned at school and can you pull up a YouTube video you know, to learn a little bit about that. So there's lots of opportunities there to use it in a healthy way. And then I thought, too, if we're going to use the food analogy, well, we do have junk food every once in a while, too. So it might be okay also if we just want to want to watch something to pass the time, as long as, again, that's in moderation. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and also what we're talking about there is, you know, the enjoyment of media is something that is better when it's together. So with a family, if you think about a family celebration around food, like you're all going out for ice cream on a summer night or... Um, maybe it's a it's a birthday, right? And what is the common denominator? It's it's people coming together. So with kids, you really want to think about a dance party or a family movie night, or you know, let them enjoy their their Saturday morning cartoons. But think about it and talk about it with them afterwards. What did you love about you know that show, PJ Masks? And then also extend that out into playtime. So uh, you know, certainly kids get very excited about characters. We're coming up on Halloween as we're talking today. And you're going to see kids out there really like expressing their huge fandom, right? Of all these different media characters. And that can be very positive when you start talking about, okay, you know, this character is brave and this character is smart and this character is kind. And, and so, you know, making that part of your family conversation instead of just always being like, turn that thing off. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and I got up and watched Saturday morning cartoons. I imagine (laughs) I never missed an episode of Smurfs and I turned Uh out just fine. Okay, so you talked about, too, the, the big debate. In fact, someone I was talking with yesterday, I mentioned that you and I were going to talk today, and I mentioned to her, and she said, well, I need you to find out how much time my kid's supposed to be on the screen because mm-hmm. my husband and I debate this, and I mm-hmm. think he's on too much playing games, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think we need to you know, chunk it down to a certain number of hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, your research says, well, really, we don't really actually know. You do have some ideas around it. Talk a little bit about how much time? Yeah. So I got to say, first of all, that, you know, I've talked to several members of the American Academy of Pediatrics that kind of feel like they they took everybody down a wrong path by emphasizing so much the hours per day and even the whole frame of screen time, which I you know realized I put it in the title of my book. It's a little bit of a wrong orientation because what I would ask that family is, 
Um, how does your child feel about the games? Are the games their only preferred activity? Is it a fight every day to get them off of the games? Are they sneaking around to use the games? Are they getting up early? Would they stay up late? Would they play all day if you let them? And so these are the kinds of questions we start to ask to think about what is your child's relationship to this media activity and their feelings around it. And that is really the thing to zero in on. So there are definitely kids who can maintain a healthy balance with sleep, outdoor time, socialization, spending time with friends, schoolwork, obviously, eating family meals. And they can do that with a fairly high level of game playing, especially if that gets integrated into family time, which is something we can talk about. But, you know, other kids, it really is going to kind of seep around the edges and and soak up a lot of things. And a lot of times what that, that happens because video games are very stimulating. They can help kids who are struggling a little bit emotionally or socially kind of have a place to retreat to. And so they become this I would, I would say emotional crutch for lack of a better term. And so mm-hmm. that's really what we need to talk about. It's never about hours in the day, but if you're having trouble setting limits, it's certainly a good idea to talk to your pediatrician and try to figure out what's the right plan for, for that child. I guess the question is, is whatever our screen time usage is getting in the way of other things that we should be accomplishing. And that's if it is, question. then we have an issue. That's a key question. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and you, in fact, in the book, you talk about, uh, Jordan Shapiro, who I've had on the podcast, and, and mm-hmm. that's one thing he and his kids do. They they sit and play games together. He posted a picture last week. All of them were on a device, and he said, and we're all interacting and playing with each other. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most pro-technology folks that you'll find out there. I'm a little bit more on the balance side of things just in the fact that there's a lot of amazing things that you can only do kind of with your body in real space mm-hmm. and time. Yep. It's definitely need that kind of experience. So, you know, for my older daughter, it's cooking. For my younger daughter, it's it's kind of playing in the park and playing with sticks and trees and mud. And I really do think that our kids need to be exposed to those kinds of experiences as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's about having a healthy relationship with it. So let's talk about being healthy because there are kind of, there were two things that you go, you know, while we don't have a lot of research on how much time or whatever, there are two kind of major rules when it comes to kids and screens. Yeah, the two things that really stood out to me is having decades of research behind them, and this science is pretty well understood, are sleep and eating. Sleep in particular nowadays with the mobile devices, because the mobile devices tend to be held very close to the face compared to television. And that light is a blue light that shines directly in your eyes, and it reduces the production of melatonin in your brain. So it's it's very hard to sleep well when you've been staring at a screen for hours, and particularly close to bedtime. It just tells our brain to stay awake. And this is so important for young children. Everybody knows that a young child who is overtired is going to have a rebound and they're going to get wired, right? And then it makes it even harder for them to settle down. And these are key. If if a child's not sleeping well when they're younger, it actually retards their brain development. Emotionally, it's difficult for them cognitively. Children, when they're sleeping, they are consolidating memories. They really are learning when they're sleeping. And so uh, this is why it's so important. And we see kids who get too much screen time when they're younger, it kind of becomes a habit all the way through. And I know it's a huge problem among teenagers because whenever I ask a teenager about their screen habits, a lot of times they're doing really cool stuff online. But the question always is, do you put that phone away at night or do you, does your mom and dad have to come get it from you at 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 in the morning? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not going to get to sleep. That's the number one thing that I always tell parents and, and I hope that they, you know, will listen to is, is you got to get the phones out of the rooms at night and that's you too. 
Yeah, us too, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. And and for the kids, here's the kind of rule I got from you, and I think is a good one. An hour before bedtime, we just got to shut down screens, period. We don't need them in our kids' rooms, uh, you know, tablets and TVs and phones. And and quite frankly, that's for their health and well-being. That's exactly right. It's a good enough reason to draw a, a hard line there. The other issue is with eating. So we find that when a child uses screens for more than two hours a day, it can double their risk of obesity. Um, and there's a very close relationship, particularly in the preschool years, between body mass index, time spent outdoors, and time spent in front of a screen. And, and there's a couple of different reasons for this. Obviously, the sedentary aspect is one of them. But what we also see is that in the words of Dr. Tom Warshawski, who's an obesity doctor in Canada, children eat while they watch and they eat what they watch. <laughs> so watching TV, watching videos promotes mindless snacking. And it also, a lot of times there are junk food messages. Now you might be thinking, okay, you know, if they're not watching broadcast television, what kind of messages they're really getting? But the Center for a Commercial Free Childhood, which does a lot of work on this, found that junk food advertising has really proliferated on the video sites the kids spent the most time on. And what we also see is that they're very hard to tell the ads from the videos. So there'll be entire branded videos featuring various different characters that are edible. The Rice Krispie guys, but it's Rice Krispie treats or the Oreos or whatever. And that's something kids are getting as a message to know to ask for the packaged food and for the junk food. Yeah. All right. So for, for their health and wellness, let's get rid of the screens an hour before bed. And, and let's just be a little bit mindful of what they're watching and, and kind of how much time is on. In other words, are they creating, connecting, or discovering, or are they just kind of binge watching something? And is there value there? Really keep an eye on their emotional reactions to the screen time. You know, does it settle them or does it really seem to, to amp them up? And as kids get older, you're going to want to invite them to reflect on their own reactions as well. So while they may be asking for the screen time, you, you also want to ask them, you know, how do you feel good after watching this or playing this? Or, you know, are you feeling a little bit sad or tired or, or what is the feeling there? So they need to develop that little self insight. Yeah, I think you have some research about, you know, the younger you are, maybe more attention we're going to pay to the amount of time. And maybe the older you are, we're just paying more attention to the content or what you're doing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Because first of all, when they're younger, you just have more physical control. And so it's it's simpler in a way. And also kids who are younger need sort of more simple, hard and fast rules where with older kids, you can talk to them, you can negotiate, you can get buy-in and you can get their help problem solving around various issues that have come up. I'll give you an example. Just uh, the other day, I was talking to my daughter about, you know, she reads on the iPad. So that's her number one activity is she's reading a lot of graphic novels, comic books, as well as regular reading books. And I was like, you know, what would it take for you to spend more of your time doing something creative because I want to see you making things as well. And I know you love to build things and draw. And she was like, well, you know, actually when I listen to audiobooks, sometimes I'm drawing a lot. And so maybe we could have some designated time just for that. So I was happy to get her. She's almost eight. I was happy to get her input instead of just us making a rule and then having to enforce it all the time. Well, that's fantastic. So I'm writing it down because mine's almost eight. So we're going to ask that question tonight. I love it. Thank you. I also don't want parents who are listening to stress out and go, look, sometimes quite frankly, you know, moms and dads need a break or yeah. we're jumping on an airplane or it's a sick day and the kid's home. And it's just like, you know, we've got to leverage this tablet to help us get by. So what are some thoughts around that? I think that's that's perfectly fine. And I think the nice thing about it is if you're pretty balanced with the screens most of the time, 
then they really, really help you out during the travel or the sick days, you know, and, and everybody knows like when it's the same thing with eating, right? Like there's times when you can't be bothered and you take the kids out for pizza and it's nice when it's a treat. A treat is nice when it's a treat. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. And the other thing is the reason that I sort of advocate making pretty strict rules when kids are younger is that it eliminates a lot of arguing and whining. A lot of parents are making screen time decisions on a case-by-case basis, and they're really doing it for their own convenience. And that gets kids to keep asking and asking because it's not clear to them when it's going to be allowed and when it's not going to be allowed. So they figure, I could just wear the parents down and then I'll get the iPad. So if you can just be, if you can hold the line, and in our house it was, you know, iPads on Saturdays only, then when you go on the airplane, it's like so exciting for everybody. Right. Well, and you talk in the book about all different strategies that people can use to decide what that's going to look like. And so I encourage people to pick that up and read through it. And so the, the last question I want to ask about kids as we wrap up this episode is, is okay, you know, we got a parent listening, mom or dad, and they're going, all right, we've got to make a change. First of all, you've done the best you could you, 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 with what you knew. So nobody's right. really done anything wrong. And, and maybe you want to make a change. So what advice would you give to a parent who goes, okay, yep, all right, it's time to institute some rules like we're going to take the screens out of the room or we're not going to watch at dinner or whatever. What advice mm-hmm. would you give a parent who goes, all right, I got it. I got to make a shift now in how we're using these. I would say congratulations. This is a great first step. Talk to your partner and the other grownups in your kid's life and make sure everybody's on board. You know, this is going to be an issue. We didn't really talk about this, but you know, if your kids are growing up in new different houses or if grandma or grandpa takes a lot of care of the kids, you need people's kind of buy-in to a certain extent. And you need to be able to talk about, this is the issue that I'm seeing. Um, and this is what we need to work on. Cause I really think that, you know, our mornings are so stressful because you're so tired in the morning. It's hard to get you out of bed. And so we're going to be, you know, more careful with bedtime. We want you to be restful. So then you're going to kind of call the family meeting, get the kid involved, even a young kid, even a four-year-old, you can ask them, you know, you can talk to them and get their opinion and explain to them the problem that you're seeing and then talk about the change that you're going to make. Don't try to do everything all at once, right? It takes at least three weeks to start a new habit. So pick the most important thing. Maybe it's bedtime. Maybe it's meal times that you're going to want to try to do. Maybe it's moving all of the screen time to Saturdays. That's fine too. Make sure that there's alternative activities to offer because a lot of times kids are going to need your help. And at least in the first couple of weeks, they are going to need a little more time and attention from you. They start to figure out how to occupy themselves. And I'm going to say, you know, eventually you're going to get a kid who can occupy themselves for that 30 minutes and doesn't need to watch a TV show, but you're going to need to kind of scaffold them and help them along with that. Take it in in baby steps and give them meaningful rewards for progress. You know, it's always really nice for kids if they get to stay up 10 minutes later or they get to pick what you're having for dinner. um, And that'll kind of help them be on the same team. Yeah. Well, you've in, in your your book is such a gift because it goes into so much stuff on what you just talked about. You know, for example, if you're purposeful early on about kids, you know, just having time by themselves, they'll actually enjoy that as they get older. And there's just so much good stuff in there. So, well, I think you've Thank offered you. great advice to our parents today. How can our parents connect with you online and where can they get the book? Sure. Well, the, the artist screen time is available um, pretty much everywhere books are sold. You can get it on Amazon. There's an audiobook version, which I read. I have a, a podcast also. It's called NPR's Life Kit for Parenting. So you can find that anywhere you find your podcasts. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And we're looking forward to our next episode. Now we're going to talk parents because we've got a role on this too, as far as our screens. <laughs> Great stuff. So many good tips. What I appreciate is we can get a lot of the fear stuff out of there 
and focus on what's the research say. Here's a couple things. One, uh, it's really clear that you know before bedtime, maybe an hour or two hours before bedtime, no screens. That the the light, the blue light, keeps them from falling asleep, and they need lots of sleep. No screens in rooms. We have that. We don't have any screens in any of the bedrooms in the house. Uh, we don't have tablets in there. You know, maybe we should. My wife and I should probably leave our cell phones out. That's something maybe to think about. And and yet that one's pretty hard and fast. No screens an hour or two or so before bed. And the next one is to pay attention to like family time. So no screens on, you know, maybe during dinner. There's a, some research that she talks about in the book that says even when you have, you know, TV on as background noise, that there's some research that says that's not a great thing either. So just think about how purposeful are you being with screens. Now, she has a lot of resources, and you can go to her website and check it out. I'm going to recommend that you buy the book. She talks about, you know, Maybe some parents utilize a coupon system where, where kids earn you know 20-minute increments of screen time, and those can be turned in. Or her example in her house was that they only did screen time on Saturdays. So think about what's right for you, and yet the two biggies, nothing at dinner and an hour or two before bedtime. Those are the big ones that stuck out to me. Next week, it's all about us, so I trust you're prepared for that. All right, let's wrap up the way we always wrap up, and that is a trip to the Kids' Corner with Naomi. Let's see what she's thinking about this week. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids' Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, my name is Naomi Shaw, and today we will be talking about being creative with Play-Doh. I like to be creative with Play-Doh. I am making a heart, and it's just wowie, wow, wow. Be creative with Play-Doh. That's what I want. Go get your Play-Doh with your kid and make something. Me and Dad like to make a candy shop. It's fun. Really, really fun. That's it for now. I'm just going to have a great day. Bye. Isn't she cute? Just the cutest. She makes me smile. I trust she does for you as well. Hey, I want to thank you for taking time out to listen to Positively Dad today. I trust that we added some value for you, that you learned some stuff. You know, screens are all over the place, and... And as parents, our our responsibility is to create kids who have a healthy relationship with those screens so they come up, grow up to be adults with healthy relationships with screens. So I trust this helped you. And you're definitely going to want to come back next week because next week we're talking about us. We're turning that mirror around and we're looking at us and going, okay, what's our relationship like? How are we handling it? What are the common mistakes that parents are making with screens? When is it? We should put it down. You know, what rules do we need for ourselves around screen time and parents? That's what we'll talk about next week. Hey, if you like today's podcast, would you share it with somebody, please? Just send them the link or, or tell them they can find it just about anywhere where they listen to podcasts. And we'd love to connect with you on social media. We're at Positively Dad on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're constantly posting resources and things there for you to help. We'd love it if you would connect with us in, in one of those places. That would just mean the world to us. And then finally, if you know someone who should be on Positively Dad or, or maybe you'd like to be on Positively Dad, just reach out to me via email. It's james at positivelydad.com and we'll get you on. I want to thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week when we look at parents and screens. I'm James Shaw. We'll see you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye. <laughs>